Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 12th of December 2011. For newcomers, you should help yourself to the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and uh, there's hundreds and hundreds of audios to download for free where hopefully by the time you're finished, if you can get through them, without cracking up altogether, that is, you'll understand that the big system you're living in, you'll find out that we're not simply evolving or progressing along some willy-nilly path. We're actually directed generation by generation along a plan, a big business plan laid out a long time ago by international bankers and uh, the richest people on the planet, basically, and intelligentsia and how they plan to take the world over and change it from a so-called democracy. We never really had democracy, but from a type of democracy into a world where they could train us to have masters, experts ruling over us from all um, areas of life. And that's from birth to death, cradle to grave, and we're seeing it introduced right now. You've actually been living under it for quite some time. You've been trained through all media, even the weather stations tell you what to wear when it's raining, like they're really stupid. But uh, this is all part of this, the same system. And how there's no real free media. They all belong to the Royal Institute of International Affairs, Council on Foreign Relations, all your top journalists across the whole planet, the whole planet that's going up. And, uh, and therefore, half the story is always left out, and you're le- you, you come to the conclusion you're supposed to come to. You don't know half the story is missing with a lot of other facts that would change your mind maybe to another way of thinking about this, the particular story. So help yourself to the, the, the website, as I say. Um, all the sites listed on the cuttingthroughthemedics.com carry audios, they carry transcripts in English, and go into Alan Watts Sentient, sentinel.eu for transcripts in other languages for print-up. And remember, too, you are the audience that bring me to you. Uh, you keep me going, and uh, it's up to you if you like this information. And, and I know lots of you do. You certainly spread it around the whole globe very quickly once it's out with all the links and the rest of it. So you can help me keep going by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And you'll, uh, you can, from the U.S. to Canada, you can use a personal check or an international postal money order from your post office or you can send cash, or some people use PayPal. you find out how to do it on the, on the comm site. And across the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and you have PayPal once again. And straight donations are awfully, awfully welcome. But as I say, what I, I really do is chronicle the changes, and I've seen so many changes in my life uh, along this agenda. Everything that uh, the big think tanks wrote about in the, the late uh, 20, uh, 19th century and now the early 20th century right through have all come to pass. How they'd alter society, how they would follow the Marxist plan. Strange thing that you would think the capitalists, why would they follow the Marxist plan? Because you see the Marxists basically were funded by the capitalists from the very get-go. And uh, there's lots of information on that and Professor Anthony Sutton and others did excellent books on who funded them. And it's all documented too. Therefore, it's a Hegelian dialectic, 
it's this side or that side. You always take one or the other. You, you basically are a tennis ball between two players. That's what you are. And when you're fed up with the right wing, you, you jump to the left wing and, and then back again, back and forth across the court. But it's the same people uh, who run both sides. And it's a very old plan, well documented. And Carl Quigley and others have documented their agenda for taking up the whole world's resources, natural resources, right down to your water supplies. And we've been doing that for quite a few years now, too, selling off countries' water supplies to foreign uh, nationals and private organizations. So it's ongoing. And eventually they bring in their brave new world scenario. Right now we're in the Orwellian part of it where you've got the, the boot basically stamping on the face and eventually you'll transform. We're already sexually transformed into the brave new world where it'll be legal to have one partner. You're antisocial. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. I'm back, cutting through the matrix. Everyone's heard, I, I hope, of the Internet of Things, and I've, I've mentioned some articles in the past and read them over the air to do with uh, chips being put into everything, basically, in all communities, areas, even trees, buildings, everything, and eventually into clothing, of course, which is the big one for the future because uh, uh, it's essential that you be tracked wherever you go by all the things that you're wearing which also will be communicating with each other on the way. So your wristwatch is communicating with your, your, your trousers, your pants, and your shoes and everything to make sure it's you. And, uh, and as, in that way, too, uh, you'll be tracked for the authorities, which will be awfully happy with that. They can pick you up anywhere, any time at all. They'll, in fact, they'll be able to question you and see where were you on the night and so-and-so, and uh, just matter where you were. They'll know where you were, of course. And all this is coming down the pike because we're going into the transparent society, as they call it, which means every every peon at the bottom must be tracked and traced wherever they go, everything listened to, monitored, to make sure that they're predictable. That's the whole point of totalitarianism. Ancient tyrants used to talk about that. If only they had something, some means of being a fly in the wall, they could have everyone predictable in, in their movements and, and, and what they say, what they think, all their chats. Well, that's here already, as we well know. But also, it's going into the areas of emotion detectors built into your clothing. And uh, they'll, they'll change colors, of course. And they'll have probably red for your angry or, your, your, or a certain color if you're nervous. And you can imagine that going through the TSA and setting all the scanners off. So once it turns, turns a strange pink color or something, and uh, that means, oh, he's up to something. No good. He's up to no good here. So anyway, the big boys, as always, are always behind the main things which are pushed because it's essential that this technology is used on everyone. Charles Grégoire de Rothschild to advise Exmovir. And it says, um, Grégoire de Rothschild has agreed to advise Exmovir Holdings in Frankfurt. And it's, it's a big, massive company of this technology. And it says, uh, uh, Mr. de Rothschild and his company, GDR Privy Inc., uh, Inc. Today, express full support for the company, its products, and its mission. Mr. Rothschild stated, Exmovir's biosensor and emotion detection technologies are revolutionary and have the potential to help millions for first-time mothers. It's all for mothers, so when the little baby crawls over the balcony and she's watching the soaps, uh, the authorities can, can tell her for a phone her that the baby's in free fall right now, I suppose, because the chips will be telling them. 
Anyway, it says, uh, it says here, one of Exmo Vier's signature products is Exmo Baby. That's one of them. That's uh, how they get you into it. Of course, they want all children eventually to have it in their school clothing too. A patented biosensor smart garment for infants. The technology tracks vital signs and sends alerts to a parent's cell phone. If needed, Exmo Baby will be launched for U.S. consumers next year in partnership with AT&T. And Mr. De Rothschild noted that there is huge potential for the new project, product worldwide. David Bishkov stated, that's the guy who's in charge of the company, Exmo Baby supported by ATT and other key worldwide players in healthcare and wireless technologies has the potential to significantly address the fear of sudden infant death syndrome. That's what they're really worried about. These multi-trillionaires are really worried, of course, as you know, uh, about uh, uh, sudden infant death syndrome. But that's a good selling point, though. Anyway, it says um, GDR Privy uh, is known for its key contract tax and ability to, to cement significant strategic alliances. In other words, they lobby all governments to get these things through, and all big corporations. The commitment by GDR Privy comes at a pivotal time for Exmovir Holdings Inc. as it prepares to launch most of its new products in 2012. Then, when you scroll down, and I'll put this link up for you all, I'll put all these links up, in fact, of these articles I read. Uh, they're into everything here, the study of human emotion, uh, the chariot, that's one of their, their programs, Exmo Baby uh, Pajamas, and the telepath wristwatch are instrumental in the build out of this vision as a solid representation of Exmovir's push into enhancing human mobility, infant safety, and telemedicine. The company plans on continuing along a path of solid and emotional-driven design with a product offering uh, that changes the way people look at the world. It's also how people look at you as well. And it goes into all the different things which they're into. This is a telepath wristwatch for senior, senior citizens, chronically ill patients. They're already using that. The Kenji smartphone app service is service of the world's first mental fitness guide and de-stress coach to any iPhone user. The chariot uses many of the same technologies and vital sign monitors to deliver healthier mobility to the disabled and wounded, wounded veterans. You didn't know that multi-trillionaires were in the business of, of, of being altruistic. They're, all, they're doing all this stuff to help people. They, they just love everyone. All you need is love, you see. You see, that's how you get to the top. All you need is love, lots of love. Yeah. Anyway, the company believes that these products will continue to be on the cutting edge and establish paradigm shifts. You always take that to know when they mention paradigm shift, they mean it. You will see this everywhere. In the markets we serve further inquiries, and then they, they give you their links and so on as to how to look into their companies for, for more and more products. So you're into a world where, as I say, everyone must be monitored, traced, tracked wherever they go, and um, nothing, nothing will be kept secret or hidden because that's now, as we're all getting taught, especially children getting taught secret, anything secret is, is, is antisocial, you know. Oh, absolutely. Whatever you do, put it up on Facebook right away. And that means whatever you do. And, and actually they do. <laughs> but you can't help them, can you? Lemmings are lemmings. Uh, one article, too, I kept forgetting to put up last week, was to do with uh, certain people who know how to wangle the welfare state in the States and uh, how a couple, welfare couple, scammed uh, money uh, for their $1 million home from the welfare people. And, of course, that takes it from those that really need it, of course. And there was a doctor and his wife, uh, and so on and so on and so on. I'll put that one up, too, for you to have a, a little peek at and how they worked it out themselves.
uh, and it was David Silverstein and, and Simon Nova, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and it shows you how they actually scammed the government. But it, you know, they had to have people in the inside of government who, or some organization you belong to that let them off with it because these inspectors do inspect the places. And that means that there's inside help there too for the, to claim what they did. And from the UK column uh, from our last week too, I'm trying to catch up on all the stuff that you end up losing. Accusations of student abuse and child pornography cover up at Oxford and Cherwell Valley College. This is alcohol consumed in classrooms, bullying, racism, health and safety breaches, pornographic videos, sexual and physical assaults, abuse of trust and neglect are just some of the accusations against Oxford and Cherwell Valley College, which have surfaced over the last 18 months. How things have some changed, eh, since you were at school? Eh? All by design, too. And it goes through... Uh, uh, David Cameron's um, cons- uh, his homeland, really, where he came from, uh, is constituent to me, perhaps, I suppose. Says this leading college states that it is the largest provider of further education, training, and Oxford. I guess it is in the cutting edge when you read all this stuff, eh? According to the webpage of the college principal and chief executive, Sally Dickett, we pride ourselves in the fact we have something for everyone, and, and judging by what they do in the classroom, they have. Despite this welcoming accolade, former pupils and members of staff accuse Oxford and Cheryl Valley College management of collaborating in a calculated cover-up of a series of perverted and unpleasant activities in the college, which started to manifest around 2007. Uh, it's suggestions that um, allegations, aside from sexual assaults and girls, students were encouraged to drink alcohol in classrooms, and we never got any free booze when I was at school, and were shown pornographic material on college computers, in some cases on the private mobile phones of staff, including images involving children. Boys and girls also suffered bullying at the hands of staff, and those who attempted to warn senior managers of the horrendous activities were reportedly warned off or pressurized to keep quiet. And this is how they're pushing more and more and more of these stories because they're going to try and normalize pedophilia. And there's lots of, there's actually movies been out for quite a few years now. Uh, the international censorship meeting, where all your, your national censors go, said they were going to push the envelope back in 2001 and, and push intergenerational sex. That's what they call pedophilia. It sounds better than, than, than pedophilia. And also this article here, um, in Australia, and now that they've got the carbon taxes through, there's a task force setting up to look at the tax threshold on online purchases. They're going for the whole thing now. Whereas before, uh, I guess that's all the things you sell on eBay, everything else, small. Small people making a few bucks here and there. They're going from all by, and no doubt will cost billions by the time they get their civil, a new bunch of their relatives and their civil servants to, to man uh, this task force that will scour the internet to see who's buying and selling what and sending tax bills out all over the place. And that's going to happen everywhere, of course, too. And this article here is from the big players. Now, the big players, and I must remember tonight, I should say it first, if you want to know anything, go into the Council on Foreign Relations. You've got to go into them because these are the main advisors to government. All top members of government are members of them and your bureaucracies too. Always have been for a 100 years. And uh, they run the world, as I say. Uh, they have um, a big uh, Council on Foreign Relations for the, for the European Union. Every top member is a member of it. All the characters in the banking system are members of it. And all major media editors and major staff writers are members of it too. 
So they control the world. And uh, if you control the mind and what passes into it, you control the public because we come to the desired conclusions. But when all this is going on with so many attacks coming from a thousand different directions, and I really mean that too, we're getting hit by uh, the thousand points of light. All these organizations that were set up, uh, NGOs, foundations that are pushing for total globalism, the total so-called liberal or communist agenda, which same thing, uh, to, to destroy uh, what's left of uh, the civilized countries, as they say, and they will be mastered by the, those people who destroyed us. That's that's how it's supposed to work out. So you must read whatever they say at the CFR. And it's so interesting, too, to go into them, into their website. I'll put up tonight a list of some of their experts for the U.S. You see, see the list of these, this, this bunch. That's just for the U.S. You know, there's dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of them. And, and they advise every department of your government, every single department. Every top person has given praise to them. And, of course, one of the main offices was moved down just outside Washington, D.C. now. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. We're back, carrying through the Matrix and talking about the Council on Foreign Relations. There's many, many specialized departments, too. Some are called foundations by in their own right, in fact. And uh, one of them is the Club of Rome, and they came up with the idea of uniting humanity against global warming. They thought at the time, first they thought it was an ice age, and then they changed to global warming. And now it's just called climate change. That way you cover all bases. You see, you can't go wrong. But uh, they have specialized branches working on everything, including uh, advising treasury departments and central banks and everything else across the whole planet. And they keep a fairly low profile uh, to an extent. Sometimes you'll see them on television advising a president or something, and it, it doesn't, it's never mentioned what CFR is, just CFR expert. Well, they actually are a massive organization in their own right. Lots of think tanks they run. They've been working on the coming food shortages, for instance. That's one little department with about 100 and 200 people working on that one uh, for 16 years. 16 years, because they're going to make it happen, because all their members see own the food supply of the world now. <laughs> but anyway, here they are, and this is the big article they're putting out. It's about... Uh, how we're, we're past the unipolar uh, moment. Unipolar literally means that you are independent as a sovereign nation. And they're pushing how we must now all be truly global and what the U.S. must do in a global society. And it says, so the unipolar moment, to the extent it ever existed, is now truly past. The U.S. is part of a globalized world. Remember, too, their bosses, or their forefathers, you might say, were the ones who came up with the Royal Institute of International Affairs, with the Milner Group and the Cecil Rhodes Foundation, to take over all the resources of the planet, to bring in trading blocks and free trade and the free uh, movement of labor across borders. And eventually the borders would wither away, just the same as Karl Marx. What a coincidence, eh? What a coincidence. But anyway... It says here, uh, the, US, the U.S. is part of a globalized world in which the flows of good, finance, people, and much more connect us to other countries as never before. But for all the myriad benefits globali- globalization brings, it also means that challenges of the coming decades, uh, 
such as competition, climate, climate change, because the sister organization, Club of Rome, came up with that one. Cybercrime, terrorism, classic competition and rivalry cannot be solved or even mitigated by one country alone. In other words, you can't solve your own problems. Says countries will need to cooperate in policies that extend across borders and address issues that affect them all. What they want, you see, are world organizations like the United Nations to take over all these things and they'll iron everything out. So this one here, this whole article, which I'll put up tonight, you can look it through for yourself is um, one of their top articles that's come out this, so far this year. And it's about uh, how the U.S. must change its ways completely and uh, accept the fact that it's international and they must work with other trading blocks. Now, we're a trading block, you see now, whether you like it or not, the NAFTA deal is done. And we're a trading block and we must uh, work with the European Union block and the African block and all the other blocks, you see. We're all blockheads now, you see, masons. So... The Brookings Institution, too, I've mentioned this before, uh, this article here, another think tank that works with government, and they often have very good articles. In fact, they have a, just like the CFR and the Royal Institute for International Affairs, they have an inner party and an outer party. The outer party publishes this kind of stuff, and the inner party keeps the stuff pretty secret, the stuff they're really on the cutting edge and don't want it to be known yet who's doing what, because the public might not like it. We're not, we're not conditioned for it yet. Eventually, you will be conditioned for it, and you'll, you'll glide through all the changes that are planned. But they talk about technology. I touched on it last week. Technology is changing, it says, uh, and, and posing stark challenges to America's core values. Remember, Skinner said, if you want to change behavior, put something in their environment that wasn't there before. So you put in a radio or a television, and bingo. Uh, you can, then your indoctrination from TV, and we all go down the tubes. Basic constitutional principles uh, find themselves under stress from stunning advances that were un- unimaginable even a few decades ago, much less during the Founders' era. Policymakers and scholars must begin thinking about how constitutional principles are being tested by technological change and how to ensure that those principles can be preserved without hindering technological progress. Progress is slavery, you understand that, when these guys talk about it. For you, slavery for you, that is. And so Constitution 3, um, it's a product of the Brookings Institution's landmark future of the Constitution program, presents an invaluable roadmap for responding to the challenge of adapting our constitutional values to future technological developments. What it's about really is about, uh, it's written by uh, Jeffrey Rosen and Benjamin Witts uh, and a few other people. But what it's about really is about the laws. They've already got the laws set for up to the year 2025 and how you'll have to adapt, whether you like it or not, to having no privacy, and when the police walk in at any time, which they must be able to do in this brave new world, you'll just have to let them in. And, of course, it says here, here's a sampling of the questions raised. How do we ensure our security in the face of the biotechnology revolution and our overwhelming dependence on internationally networked computers? How do we protect free speech and privacy in a world in which Google and Facebook have more control than any government or judge? Well, they work for the real government, you see. They're just branches of the, the super government above us all. How will advances in brain scan technology affect the constitutional right against self-incrimination? They want to have this, these on the streets, even scanning you all the time, by the way. Are Fourth Amendment protections against unreasonable search and seizure obsolete in an age of ubiquitous video and unlimited data storage and processing? So in other words, because you have that ability, they, you, they want to, to be able to search and seize any time they want. And um, how vigorously should society and the law respect the autonomy of individuals to manipulate their, their genes and design their own babies? 
well, they'll do all for you because you just copy what you see in television with the celebrities, you know, as they, as they pick the genes for their two mums, two mum families and stuff like that. You all follow them. Cutting edge, eh? You're very original, aren't you? Your thoughts. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix and talking about the EU, the EU summit, etc. And Mr. Rompuy or Rompuy or whatever he calls himself. Uh, he was an international communist, really. Uh, communists want these jobs because, you see, they live very well at the top of the, the, the tree. And uh, that, look at the Soviet Union and how uh, you basically had an intergenerational class, inter, inter-family class as well, basically, who, who, who ran the Soviet Union. And they didn't lack for a darn thing at that level. They lived the equivalent lifestyle uh, of those ruling over America. But anyway, the, he wants the European Union... And he wants new radical proposals, and but he wants to bring, uh, have the right to force austerity on countries, you see. And, of course, the European Union is, has been condemned even by ex-Soviet uh, dissidents. They said it's not just nothing democratic about this whole European Parliament system. It's a, it is a Soviet style. It's a super-Soviet, actually. It's a Soviet on steroids. And that's what it really is. It's not democratic. And it wasn't, it wasn't intended to be. It's dictatorial. And um, it says the European Commission could be empowered to impose austerity measures on Eurozone countries that are being bailed out, usurping the functions of governments in countries such as Greece, Ireland or Portugal. Bailed out countries could also be stripped of their voting rights. So you couldn't leave it, but you'd, uh, the Union, but you'd, you'd be stripped of your voting rights in the European Union under radical proposals that have been circulating at the highest levels in Brussels before this week's crucial EU summit on the sovereign debt crisis. Well, we know that Britain pulled out that little part of it. But it won't matter, they'll still go along with the treaty uh, because uh, it's just a, a show for the public with Cameron trying to garner some support since he doesn't have much. A confidential paper for the EU leaders by the EU Council President Herman von Rompuy, maybe it's called Rompuy, or Rompuy maybe, maybe it's a Roman pie, I don't know, who will chair the summit on Thursday and Friday said Eurobonds or the pulling of Eurozone debt would be a powerful tool in resolving the crisis despite fierce German resistance to the idea. It called for more intrusive control of national budgetary policies by the EU. That's what I said, because you see, the Royal Institute of International Affairs said eventually that the uh, Bank for International Settlements using the IMF would do all the bookkeeping of every country or ex-country in the world. And this is the big push for that. It's turning out exactly as I mentioned, because they wrote about it a long time ago. The two-page paper obtained by The Guardian formed a basis for discussions on an interim report tabled by Van Rompuy. The European Commission and the Euro group of countries have adopted the euro, which is to be debated on Wednesday among senior officials in an attempt to build a consensus ahead of the summit. So as I say, some people pulled out, three countries I think pulled out of it. There's a money part of it. They want to retain their own currency in the meantime. However, they're still subject to the, the demands of the, of the European Union and the fines and punishment they keep throwing on people. Uh, it's, it's amazing being treated like a child in the school, eh? You won't go along with something. We're finding you $20 million or $200 million. And, and that's what they do. Where does that money go? Nobody bothers to ask. Eh? And 
From the Climate Depot 2, special to Climate Depot Lord Christopher Monckton reports from the UN Climate Summit. It's worth reading what he has to say. And uh, even though they're saying uh, there's no high hopes for Durban, a binding treaty unlikely, no deal this year, that, that headlines that says the profiteering UN bureaucrats think, here think otherwise. Their plans to establish a world government paid for by the West on the pretext of dealing with the non-problem of global warming are now well in hand. As usual, the mainstream media have simply not reported what is in the draft text, which the 194 states parties to the UN framework on convention of climate change are being asked to approve. This is behind the scenes throughout the year since Cancun. Now permanent bureaucrats who have made highly profitable careers out of what they lovingly call the process have been beavering away at is what is a 138-page document. I've got links from them here too. Its catchy title is Ad Hoc Working Group on Long-Term Cooperative Action under the Convention. It's a binding treaty for the whole world with fines, penalties, etc. if you don't comply once you've signed it. Update of the amalgamation of draft text in preparation uh, of um, imagines they mean a comprehensive and balanced outcome to be presented to the conference to the parties for adoption at its 17th session. Note by the chair in plain English, these are the conclusions the bureaucracy wants. The contents of the document are targetedly drafted with all the UN skill and what the former head of his documentation centre used to call transparent impenetrability are not just off the wall, they are lunatic. This is a new international climate court, just like the International Criminal Court, which the UN's got now, which is also a plank in the manifesto and also a plank of the Royal Institute of International Affairs, CFR. So they want an international climate court will have the power to compel Western nations to pay even larger sums to third world countries in the name of making reparation for supposed climate debt. In other words, they're taking from the poor of us, us a lot to give to the rich in those countries. That's really what it is. The court will have no power over third world countries. Here and throughout the draft, the West is the sole target. The process is now irredeemably anti-Western. Rights of Mother Earth, the draft which seems to have been written by feeble-minded green activists and environmental extremists, talks of the recognition and defense of the rights of Mother Earth to ensure harmony between humanity and nature. It can all be, you can get harmony by bits throwing money away, you see. That's what's all about money. Also, there will be no commodification, whatever that may be. It is not in the dictionary and does not deserve to be of the functions of nature. Therefore, no carbon market will be developed with that purpose. The right to survive, the draft challenge asserts that the rights of some parties to survive are threatened by the adverse impacts of climate change, including sea level rise at two inches per century, according to eight years data from the Envi-State satellite. Oh, come off it. The Jason 2 satellite, the new kid on the block, shows that sea level has actually dropped over the past three years. But don't let lies get in your way, eh? And don't let the truth get in your way. Whatever you do, you've got to keep on lying. War and the maintenance of defense forces and equipment are to cease, just like that, because they contribute to climate change. There are other reasons why war ought to cease, but the draft does not mention them. A new global temperature target will aim, Canute-like, to limit global warming to as little as 1 degree centigrade above pre-industrial levels. Since temperature is already 3 degrees centigrade above those levels, what is in effect being proposed is a 2 centigrade cuts in today's temperatures. This would take us halfway back towards the last ice age and will kill hundreds of millions. Well, I guess that's Rockefeller's plan. He called for rapid depopulation recently. Colder is far more dangerous than warmer. 
and the new CO2 emissions target for Western countries only will be a reduction of up to 50% in emissions over the next eight years and of more than 100%. These words actually appear in the text by 2050. So no new motor cars, no coal-fired or gas-fired power stations, no aircraft, no trains. Back to the Stone Age. No heating yourselves either, by the way. Back to the Stone Age without even the right to light a carbon-emitting fire in your caves. Windmills, solar panels and other renewables are the only alternatives suggested in the draft. The Britain lost hundreds of them recently when a, one of your 30-year... We get hurricanes in Britain every, every 30 years or so, and it, and it downed about half of them. And then they're all uh, just dangling away there and making an awful lot of noise and screeching. There is no mention of the immediate and rapid expansion of nuclear power worldwide to prevent near-total economic destruction. And the new CO2 concentration target could be as low as 300 uh, parts per million uh, uh, CO2 equivalent, and so on and so on. Peak greenhouse gases in the West will pay for everything because of its historical responsibility. Do you know that you were born with a historical responsibility for causing global warming? Did you know that? Because apparently they're claiming that man caused this and because the third world couldn't afford batches or make them, uh, that you therefore have to make up for all the problems that you've caused, you nasty people. Third world countries will not be obliged to pay anything. But it's the UN, not the third world countries, that will get the money from the West, of course. <laughs> Taking nearly all of it for itself as usual. As time, the United Nations was completely dismembered. And all the umbrella organizations which the foundations use, the thousands of them underneath them, dismembered as well. As time, it was done, folks. Otherwise, we're doomed. This Marxist banker agenda all merged together at the United Nations. Number two, the CFR, Royal Institute of International Affairs, created the United Nations as a front to take over the whole planet. And... I'll put up Sandwell in England too for Americans to see how British people now do their shopping being groped by policemen uh, along the streets. Uh, uh, they're doing their TSA, but, but it's in broad daylight, it's on the streets. And they're just training the public to be submissive and, and, and feel uh, defenseless and, 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 well, you know, 10th class citizens basically at the bottom are getting groped, you see. And I'll put the one up too where Holder, Mr. Holder, who run the, the, the very, the, the, the famous, um, drug running into Mexico is, is talking about lying. Uh, he, he said it has to do with your state of mind. He says, it's, you know, he's trying to debate it Talmudically what, what lying happens to be. And, uh, I'll put this little spiel up for you to read as well. And what's interesting too is, uh, with Julia Asangu, uh, it's, in, it's interesting that the, the first guy who made him famous, really, this uh, Manning, of course, who was in the military, who gave out the, a lot of the emails and sent them off, and then he was immediately shopped, apparently, by the guy that he gave them to. He was shopped for doing it to the military, and he's been languishing in prison ever since. And, of course, Britain has been uh, asking if he's been tortured, and apparently that some folk think he is. But he wants to bring up certain people at his hearing. This is days before a preliminary hearing for suspected WikiLeaks aide and U.S. Army PFC Bradley Manning are set to begin. The attorney for the accused whistleblower is asking for two big names to take the stand. In a request made Friday, Manning's attorney provided a 20-page list of defense witnesses that they are asking to appear at the hearing, among them U.S. President Barack Obama and Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. You see, this guy has seen all their emails, the real emails, when they talk about what countries are taking down around Israel and all that kind of stuff in the back and forth chat, you see. 
And uh, that's why he wants them there. Not that he's got a fat chance or a snowflake's chance in hell of getting it, but he, this guy, this poor guy knows a lot and uh, it doesn't look good for him. But he got shopped, apparently, by the guy who'd been playing him for this information and uh, now he's in a mess. Awful mess. And I've also got another article too, but other ones upon the climate celebration in Durban by the Council on Foreign Relations again. Uh, this is their take on it, how they've achieved an awful lot. Uh, so don't think they've lost it all. No, they've achieved an awful lot. And they talk about the, some of the, the wins that they made, etc., on getting the consensus. And if they can just get the countries to agree to sign this new treaty, then these, the, the, the United, United Nations Department will be of climate change will be over all of us and fining us all, fining lots of fines on the go. Like I say, a criminal court. And in Britain too, it's just Britain too, in this age of uh, transparency where nothing be kept secret. It's like from the revelation from the Bible, isn't it? Everything that was kept secret will be shouted from the hill, t- from the rooftops. This is the world that the secret societies wanted to bring in for an awful long time. So all your data is going up on the net and they've also already got private companies scouring Facebook and so on to get all the info on you. And so if you're a National Health Service patient, for those who are going to Obamacare, uh, you were already under actually, beware because literally everyone will know, everyone will know all your data, everything, every problem you have had. You know, your, your trips to the VD clinics and stuff like that. It's all up there, folks. And then that'll go along with your insurance because you, you will eventually get private insurance coming into this. And um, they're talking about the, the, the cost now of the turnover of uh, keeping a patient, treating patients, etc., etc. Eventually, this will be published. I bet you too, uh, worldwide on the net. Uh, all the all the people who have cost the people money. They're already talking about it, in fact. And in other words, euthanasia has been going to be pushed big time as they get forwards. Just like Holland now, where the government drives a van up and pops up and kills you in your bed. Uh, even for depression, by the way. And uh, when you let government deal with the end of life. Uh, with that kind of power, you have had it. You cannot let allow government to, to because they bring social policies and economic policies into this, and they bump you off. Well, Holland's gone, as far as I'm concerned, because they allowed this to happen. They started off as always with showing the occasional miserable sod that is unfortunately coming down with cancer, and as, and then they get you all on their side. Oh yeah, he should be, he should get what he wants. That sounds fair. He should get what he wants. Why keep him in pain? And I agree, they shouldn't be kept in pain. There's no reason to be in pain with all these different morphines and so on, which they won't give the people. You can buy the stuff on the streets, but you can't give it to the people. Because they might get addicted in the last two or three days of life. What, what a lot of BS, eh? But when the government t- takes over, now you're into the big, well, Rockefeller said it, eh? Rapid depopulation time. And the governments will love it too because, you see, they'll save the pensioners. They can pocket the pension money then. You see, once these things are in the books, they keep expanding and expanding and expanding. And this new authoritarian uh, government system we're in today is going to do just that. And eventually it'll be who has the right to give, have, give birth to a child. I'm not kidding you. So... Uh, I'll put these links up tonight at cuttingthroughthematrix.com 
and also a little video to do with the Pentagon providing military-grade weapons to local police that will go along with the other articles I gave last week on that particular problem. Uh, Peru, Peru is, uh, remember I mentioned too that China was doing its grand tour of the Caribbean and Latin America, while Peruvian government hopes to deepen ties with Beijing as their exports imports rise over the last year's figures. And it says Peru will now be China's gateway to Latin America. And that means lots of Chinese coming in, the middle management classes and Chinese communities big time to help change that country. Interesting too, the UN has been into Peru for an awful long time. And I mentioned a scandal not but maybe two years ago where the UN's umbrella organizations, the one that's to do all the abortions, were doing millions of abortions and sterilizing women under women's health, you see, and lying about, no, this is not sterilization. This is just to help you uh, get better quicker, you know, after having a child. They're sterilizing them all. Well, now we know why, because, you see, it's, uh, they're making room for another country to move in big time uh, because they got to supply all of Latin America from this base, apparently. Everything makes sense when you just look back on things. And the loving police across the world are going to start using lasers that blind you if you start rioting or you're in a crowd of protesters. Shoulder-mounted laser that emits a blinding wall of light capable of repelling rioters is to be trialed by police under preparations to prevent a repeat of this summer's looting and arson. It's really for all the riots that are going to come. A lot more than that is going to get used as well. So it says it can hit you uh, 500 meters away with a wall of light up to 3 meters squared. It costs 25 grand per rifle and has an infrared scope to spot looters in poor visibility. Uh, what a wonderful world. All the sci-fi movies they programmed you with are coming true, aren't they? That was all the predictive programming movies. And when the real thing happens, well, it feels familiar. Uh, so it must be okay. It's because you, you've been programmed through all the sci-fi and fiction. Uh, that is quite normal. We're, we're progressing, just progressing, progressing into this, this new system, you see. Also put up to the Federal Reserve Cartel and the eight major families in the U.S. that run it. Uh, there's actually some more to go do with that, but I'll put this part up tonight. And you can have a little gander, as I say, at that. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix and we'll go to Tom from Wisconsin, if Tom is on the line. Hello Tom? Yeah, I'm here Alan. Um, yep. I've, I've been calling into your show now for the last few years and I'm sure that you recall some of those conversations. Yeah. Um, and I recently was let go from my job and it was because I was speaking out about what was going on. Yeah. I would tell people that the U.S. military is now going to be snatching and grabbing people that are U.S. citizens inside of the country. And what I got as a response was nothing. In -hmm. fact, I had one gentleman that I told this to. He asked me how I was doing, and I was really distressed by this information. It had just come out. This was happening. And I explained that to him, and he literally went into a mind-controlled, catatonic state where I could physically see his mind control working and preventing him from actually fully understanding what it meant. And he's former military. Mm -hmm. And he told me, in essence, that he liked it. And 
based on this, I have made the decision to go dark because I need to survive. And with where this is all going, um, for anybody that's listening out there, you better you better take account of who you're telling these things to because before you know it, first they'll, they'll be amused by it, then they'll be annoyed by it, and then they're going to turn against you. This is yeah. exactly what I went through. And yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's amazing. It's amazing. These people do not understand that they have no future, as you said before, and I completely agree, that there is no future, especially with the super weapons that have been developed in the last 30 years. Yes. That, have, that are totally off the radar and have not been disclosed yet to the public, but they will be very soon. Oh, yeah. They've tested them all out in Iraq. I remember watching a bus of people being uh, reduced in size. Actually, they ended up being about four feet tall, these little corpses, little mummified corpses, and the U.S. Uh, were using Iraq to test all this stuff out on. And there's an excellent DVD uh, up there on, on one of the YouTubers somewhere. I put it up uh, two or three years ago. Yeah, they were testing all that stuff out then. So um, this will be used on the general public. But you're, you're quite right. Uh, you'll, you'll get all their conditioned responses uh, to coming to the fore. They've been pre-programmed how to, uh, that they're, they're good. A good American is someone who just loves America even when it's falling apart. Uh, and uh, they love the propaganda as well. It's, it's so incessant and they're watching television all the time. And there are so many programs out there now. See and tell all the rest of it, uh, and, and community programs set up too, uh, really to, to take care of future riots, which will come down the road when you, when you're utterly broke again, uh, even worse than we are now. So um, you, you can't just tell anybody this information. As, as I, I generally say, keep you got to let down to live inside your head, live inside your head, and keep it there. And if someone comes out with a comment or, or asks a question. And, and you can answer answer that one question, tell them nothing else. And that's the only way you can do is feed them a little bit at a time if they're capable. If you see them glazing over, don't go there. Uh, it's, it's not safe anymore. They will report you as, as, as um, a terrorist because this is what they're putting under, terrorism. Having information and putting the information out now is terrorism. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't see much of a, a future whatsoever. Uh, for America, because the intense psychological operation that's gone on via all media for such a long time to do with anti-terror is working on the people who are already well-conditioned uh, for the propaganda. And 9-11 so, is the key, I believe, in all of this. That yes, was it is. That was a traumatic event to start all of this now. Yes. And, and they'll play that up forever. So be very, very careful, but I, I hope you get another job soon. And... It's maybe time to even look for somewhere else because America is going to be a bad place to be when this comes down. But thanks for calling. Uh, from Jim from New York, maybe you can call tomorrow. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, your gods go with you. <laughs>